1: As always, I am so thrilled when I get to talk about energy healing, meditation, tapping, all these modalities that I love and use. And today's guest is an expert. I've just finished reading her yummy, yummy book. This is like the best because it tells you how to integrate and use all these fabulous tools we're going to talk about. Karen Frazier is the author of books about metaphysics. Crystal Healing, Energy Healing, Dream Interpretation, and the Paranormal. As a professional writer, she's a ghost writer as well for a number of books and has penned hundreds of articles for a variety of topics. She's a columnist for Paranormal Underground Magazine, and she currently writes two columns for two magazines, Dreams and Symbols and Metaphysics and Energy Healing. She's also the co-host of the Intention Is Everything podcast. Karen's an intuitive energy healer, a Reiki master, also a Reiki master for animals, and does crystal healing practitioner, sound healing practitioner, and she's an ordained minister for the International Metaphysical Ministry. She holds a Bachelor of Metaphysical Science a master's of metaphysical science, as well as a PhD in metaphysical parapsychology. And she's currently working on her doctoral dissertation, focusing on sound as a source of spiritual healing in order to earn her doctor of divinity in spiritual healing. <sighs> wow, girl, that's a mouthful. That is a lot of accomplishment. Whoa, okay. Okay. <laughs> So I loved your book. It's absolutely wonderful. The little book of energy healing. It's fabulous. Um, However, you know, every guest that's come on the show, who's fulfilling their purpose on this planet, doing this beautiful work the way you are, has had a journey to get here has had challenges to get here, has had to overcome things to get here. So share with us a little bit about your pathway up to this point of creating all these beautiful books and magazine articles and podcasts.
0: Sure. Well, so um, I actually grew up in the church, uh, grew up in a pretty strong Christian family here up in the Pacific Northwest, where I still live. And... um, I was always a very curious soul. And so when other kids were were buying into anything that they taught us in Sunday school, I was asking questions and having it gently suggested that maybe I shouldn't. And that didn't sit well with me even when I was 6 or 7 years old and I was the kid who would lay awake in bed at night and kind of with my hands on my blankets and stare up at the ceiling and contemplate things like infinity and the universe and what happens to, I mean, so so I was kind of born with this really curious soul, and I like to have questions answered. And um, the more I ask questions, the more I realize there really aren't any definitive answers to anything. So I've had to create my own answers. Um, and when I was a young adult, I stepped away from the church and basically decided I was an atheist. Which, by the way, is the is the phase that my 22 year old son is currently in. So I recognize the phase because so far he's followed mine pretty much right along along the path. Um, and so. I, I went through a phase where I was an atheist and then an agnostic, and I didn't believe anything. But I had always had things about me that were different than other people, things that were strange. Um, I knew things, I saw things, I heard things, I felt things, and these weren't necessarily normal things. And for many, many years, they gave me a lot of anxiety. Um, and anger and frustration and fear because I didn't understand what they were but I knew that they weren't okay based on the way that I had been raised in the church and so I suppressed all of these parts of myself and um, really it just led to my life not being great and not being happy and for the first probably 35 years of my life I did a pretty crappy job of steering my life Um, I was divorced twice. I'm currently on my third marriage. I had my son when I was um, 30 and he sort of started to help flip things around for me because you have to sort of get your act together, right? But when I was in my, um, probably when I was about 33 or 34, I was going through my second divorce from my son's husband or from my son's husband, from my son's father And um, it was a difficult one because he was a a malignant narcissist. So that was really kind of tough. But I was sitting there one day and I thought, you know, I'm trying to steer my own ship and I'm not doing it well. And I had followed a lot of things like I'd read a lot of things like Conversations with God um, by Neil Donald Walsh and some of the Abraham Hicks work. And, you know, I mean, so I'd read a lot of channeled material the seth materials the Emanuel materials things like that and they really resonated with me and um, but and I was trying to use them to control my life and to create this path that I thought I wanted to be on and what I realized is the things that I was supposedly intentionally creating were not making me happy um, and so I finally one day just sort of in the midst of all of this chaos and turmoil that was my life, you know, hated my job, getting a divorce, had no money, you know, all of those things that we we all go through. And I just thought, that's it. I'm done trying to figure this out on my own. I'm done trying to control this. And at that moment, I actually surrendered to the universe. And I said, okay, whatever this is, whatever these things I have going on in me, whatever these impressions that I get and these ideas that I get and these voices I hear and these things I see let let those be for a purpose and let my purpose be whatever the universe intends for me and so essentially I surrendered and that was when everything started to turn around and that's when I started to do this work
1: I love it surrender surrender powerful process well, that's all it hard because so I, of, I tell oh you,
0: boy. I'm, a, I'm a controller and a fighter. So, oh yeah, right in there.
1: And yeah. so, for me, it was 25 years of drinking and self condemnation and bad choices and failed relationships. And once I surrendered, once I gave it all up and said, "I don't have one more day in me to do this shit anymore." Yeah. Everything changed. Yeah. I got sober like that. Life just became miraculous over a period of a couple of years. And I no longer feel like I have to control. I have so much trust that good things will come to me. As you said, the universe is going to deliver. As Gabby Bernstein says, the universe
0: has your back. It It does. does. It It does. does. It does. And I had a friend, um, so once I had hit this surrender point, um, and that's kind of, that's the dark night of the soul is what you're talking about. And I think we all have to get there before we surrender. Like if you read like Byron Katie, for instance, Byron Katie, she, you know, was in just this mess. And then one day she woke up and hardly knew who she was anymore. And, but it changed everything. Um, and so I forgot what I started to say because I got into Byron Katie,
1: (laughs) but it's about surrender and, yeah. and 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 that willingness yes to say i can't do it my way anymore yeah it's
0: and sure. i will tell you i i still fought it on and off for a few years but it was a turning point for me this i just i i fought it in different ways and i still do i mean i still am a very questioning person i still um you know i still like to think that i'm driving my ship even though i know that i didn't but one the other thing is once i had that surrender then oh, maybe about a year or two later i was talking to a very wise person in my life who i absolutely adore and she she said to me you know i just have to ask myself if i believe that the universe is a benign place if I, and if it's if it's if the universe is here to help or hurt and I just can't believe that the universe is here to hurt. And and um, that was really, I haven't looked back since then. But I did still flop around like a fish for a couple of years, but not, not as much as I had.
1: <laughs> well, you got an awful lot of degrees, girl, so you didn't do too much flopping around. I'll tell you, you've been very, very busy.
0: Well, I like to know stuff. <laughs>
1: Mm -hmm. obviously but what really piques my interest is how you have gotten into this energy healing in such a big big way and now the sound healing I mean I am so intrigued by that because I love crystal bowls I Mm. love going to a full moon gong. I, I I just embrace all of that so tell us a little bit about the sound
0: healing that you're now getting um, you know, your doctorate in. Sure. So um, I do, I, so I believe that sound is sacred. I believe that everything around us is energy and this physical form that we take on is just an illusion. So we'll start there. I believe that we are, I mean, it's, it's been shown that all matter is just little vibrating strands of energy separated by vast distances and held in place by force fields. So that's what you are. That's what I am. And we're all made of the same stuff. And so if that is the case, then anything that can cause those particles to vibrate at a different frequency can change the nature of those particles. And so that includes sound because sound has frequency, light has frequency, color has frequency, um, and everything else. And so I primarily, with the sound healing, I primarily work with uh, ancient Tibetan singing bowls, which are beautiful. I have some modern ones, and then I have some crystal bowls, but I tend to be mostly drawn to the Tibetan instruments, which are, uh, they're made of the bronze, and so there's the singing bowls and the gongs, and they have bells and tingshaws and things like that, and just the first time I struck one of those, there was something in me that just went, and so um, I use the sound with everything else. So I don't typically do any, unless somebody asked me specifically for one modality, I don't typically do my my energy healing in isolation. So if somebody comes to me for a healing session, I'm going to use crystals and I'm going to use the bowls and the bells and the gong. Well, I don't have a gong right now, but it's on the list. Um, But the bowls and the bells and the tingshaws and all of those things. And I'm going to use Reiki and I'm going to use things like tapping and um, EFT and all of those things, anything I feel. And I am guided intuitively on how I use those because that's where my gifts come in, where I said I always felt these things I didn't understand. I'm empathic. And I used to think being empathic was a curse um, because you feel everybody's everything. And I'm physically and mentally empathic. So if somebody's with me and they don't feel well physically, guess what? Neither do I. Um And so but what I discovered is that in energy healing I can use that not as something that is a negative But as something that can help people and can create a higher vibration in the universe And then the rest of the time when I'm out in the real world I can shut it down at least to a certain extent so that I'm functional
1: Love it. Yeah, um, I'm very sensitive to people's emotional state mm-hmm. I can look right into their eyes and and just feel where they're at yeah and if they're sad or grieving or Mm -hmm. feeling insecure or or low self-esteem i feel that energetically and um and i never understood that until recently just in the last couple of years that i was feeling other people's stuff and sometimes i take on their thoughts Mm-hmm. And I realized they're not my thoughts they're their thoughts mm-hmm. and so it's it's been fascinating to learn all of this because before I thought there was something wrong with me and now I know no these are kind of sensory gifts yeah and you just have to understand them and work with them. Now you mentioned several modalities which you have in here yeah that, and you've got such wonderful brief, easy to understand descriptions of how to tap, about bowls, uh, about meditation. I, I just couldn't believe the amount of information in here. And then an entire summary on every chakra and the emotional, spiritual aspects, the crystals, the oils, everything to use, and daily rituals. I mean, it just goes on and on. This is just one of the best books I've seen out there for somebody who's starting this path of spiritual inquiry wanting to use other tools that are going to help them to feel better and also to use those tools to help others to feel better so it's such a powerful book thank you what are your three favorites <laughs> it depends on
0: the day um so <laughs> i get it totally <laughs> so probably I use crystals every day. Mm -hmm. I use my sound tools every day. Mm -hmm. And if I don't have my sound tools with me, I can use my voice Mm -hmm. or I can use apps on my phone. Although I feel live vibrational stuff is better than earbud vibrational stuff. Um, And then probably Reiki. I, I I teach Reiki more than anything else because I used Reiki as the platform for teaching energy healing as a whole. Um, And so my Reiki classes are quite different than other people who teach Reiki. I teach the things that you need to know for Reiki, but I also teach the things you need to know to be a healer because I feel that's really important. Beautiful. Um,
1: When you're talking about some of uh, of your sound tools for someone who's just starting out on this path, that maybe, you know, can't get a whole set of crystal bowls or a whole right. set of, I have one singing one. bowl. Yeah. yeah. Is there a specific note or range that that bowl should have for the beginner?
0: I don't think so. I think what you do is you go, first of all, I think that you buy them in person instead of online. So oh, absolutely. Can- absolutely. Yes. Um, and then, because there's lots of places you can buy them online. Um, and I think what you do is you go and you let the bull choose you. That's how all of my bulls have come to me is by my very first bull that I got was down in this little um, antique shop, a Tibetan antique shop in San Diego, in old town, San Diego. And um, it just it chose me. And I believe that with all of my tools, my bowls choose me, my bells choose me, my crystals choose me, we choose each other because there's a resonance and a synergy there that we can work together. And so I think what you do is you go into a shop and you close your eyes and just for a minute feel and then go where in the direction you're drawn and then play some of the bowls, play them and see how they feel in you. You want them to feel challenging, but good. That's what I did. I
1: was, wanted a, a Tibetan bowl in the worst way, and I was in India, and most of them were so huge. And I said, "How am I going to get this home? In my this is not going to go well, and it's probably going to get dented and crushed." So I waited till I came home, and I went to several shops, and then I was in this one shop, and I played four or five bowls, but I kept going back to one specific bowl. The sound. I could feel it in my heart. I could just feel this beautiful vibration in my heart when I played that ball and I knew that was my ball and I had to bring that one home. I
0: see. And I think that's right. And I think more people need to trust that. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Play several and you'll know there's, there's just this feeling inside of you. that's like, Oh, it's this one. And that's because it's calling you. It's choosing you.
1: Yeah, I know. Um, when you work with the crystals, because I love crystals, I'm not uh, as well versed in them as you are by any means. Is there a particular way to start? Is it putting them on the body? Is it just putting them in your, your energy field, you know, in your aura of space?
0: Uh, what do you recommend? Um, for starters, just have them in your space and then think about wearing them as jewelry. And one of the easiest things you can do is meditate with them, hold them in your receiving hand, which is the, um, your non-dominant hand. So if you're right-handed, it's like your left hand, um, and just hold them and close your eyes and, and just sort of connect into that crystal and let it let and feel it.
1: I'm actually putting my crystals out on Sunday for the new moon, to give them a cleansing, to give them oh, a perfect. recharge. I have them on a selenite um, strip, like a recharging strip. Mm-hmm. And I put them all out. I think my neighbor thinks I'm a little nutty. And I have them all out there, eh, you know. <laughs> so I put them all out and get them charged in the moonlight or or the new moon. Um, And usually make a little, uh, sometimes a a bowl of moon water, and then I'll even put them in a separate container in the moon water just to to get the vibration of that. Yeah. What is your daily practice like? Because I'm a strong believer that having a daily spiritual practice is the most empowering thing that we can do for ourselves as women. It has changed my life completely. It has changed my business skills completely. It has changed my relationship. In every aspect of my life, having a spiritual practice has made a dramatic change. So what is your practice like,
0: daily? Well, so for me, I believe in... um, So I used to be very, very formal and regimented in my practice. And um, I often back in the day i mean i look i tried meditating when i was in my 20s even when i was still going through all of my stuff and i resented it because i thought my mind never shuts up i can't i can't sit here quietly um my meditations just never went well because they would be this i would i would think, okay, good, look, I'm thinking of nothing. Look at me, my mind is clear. This is so cool, my my mind is clear. and Then I'd be like, oh, crap. (laughs) Um, And so I, uh, for me, um, movement meditation is really what finally started to lead me into being able to engage in a, a daily practice. And now my daily practice really varies based on the day. I give myself Reiki every day. I spend time with my singing bowls and crystals every day, even if it's just for five minutes. And then sometimes, um then probably about four or five times a week, just depending on how much i've got going on in my life, I will meditate too um and it really it really depends. I have to meditate with dogs, I have two small dogs, I have no i I have shut them out of this room that 's why they're not here right now um so you know it's it's varied over the years, but right now, I meditate for probably about thirty minutes several times a week, and i i I do that with crystals and um a singing bowl sometimes i'll meditate with a a prayer wheel a tibetan prayer wheel um so i use a lot of just different things i just try to make sure that i set aside at least 10 minutes every day just for myself and i try to make it longer um, although sometimes i fall prey to how busy life is as well
1: i have a meditation buddy also an english jack russell terrier who She's 10 years old. I mean, she gets in my lap and she just throws her head back and she's like on her back and her legs are just up. It's hysterical. And sometimes I'll take like a selfie of her in my lap and I'll post it to Facebook and people just get hysterical. They're like, oh my God, I don't believe that dog. She's used to it. She knows I have this routine and I give her her breakfast and she eats it fast and then runs so she can get into my lap. When I'm settling in for some meditation. Animals?
0: Animals? No, my dog, Monkey, is a little, she's a little six-pound Brussels Griffon. She's very little. And um, she, when she sees me doing Reiki where she can reach, she will run and wiggle her paws underneath me or put her paw on top of my hands. Love it. I know. they. They know. They sense the vibe. They Mm.
1: feel all that energy. And the fact that you do Reiki with animals, of course, you know, they know. I just read a book about doing Reiki with animals and I was practicing on Hannah. She was a very, very good, uh, subject to work
0: on. She loved it. Some of them like it and some of them don't. So we used to have four dogs Two have died in the last couple of years, just getting old. And, um, one of the dogs that died she would not have anything to do with it the other one the only time he really wanted anything to do with it was when he was super old and sick at the end and i actually was giving him reiki when he died which was i think a really special connected moment um but my uh my dog monkey man she wants it all the time you know her little body fills up with it fast so it's like a little five minute session because she just only six pounds but oh Oh, and i also drink crystal water so that's part of my daily practice too
1: oh girl i love you because i'm looking at one of those i want to get one with the rose quartz in it Mm -hmm. and i was i just had an energy healing session done on myself yesterday by a woman that's very well known lisa campion very well known in the reiki feel and energy healing and um She had one with an amethyst, and I said, I'm going to get one of those with the rose quartz. So she was telling me where she got hers. What do you
0: have? Um, Mine is one of the gem water bottles, and it's got rose quartz and amethyst and clear quartz in it.
1: Oh, it's called gem water. I'll have to do that. Yep. Website or? or Yeah, just look up gem water. Great. Terrific, because that's becoming uh, more recognized as
0: something to do to put into your body. That's yes, and I water. like I like it because it's enclosed in a glass pod. Um, yeah. I feel like, I mean, I know it's that quartz-based crystals aren't going to leach anything, but I just feel like when you're putting crystal stuff in your mouth, it should probably be just the energy and not the crystals.
1: Exactly, yeah. No, mm-hmm. I
0: want something contained as well. Yeah.
1: Well, you, Karen, you're just... A breath of fresh air. You've just got so many skills and, and so so many gifts that you're bringing to the people that you work with. How can the audience find you? Give them your website, um, your you know domain address, and also if you have any free downloads or meditations or anything on your site also, please point that out.
0: I do have a couple actually. So my website is author Karen Frazier. Uh, Frazier is spelled F R A Z I E R. I have to spell it because I couldn't spell it until I married him. Dotcom. Um, so uh, on Facebook, you can find me under author Karen Fraser, and then like on Twitter and Instagram is like author K Fraz or something like that uh, because it was shorter. Um, and on my website, I actually do have, um, there, if you go to the meditation tab, I do have some guided meditations that I've, I've put in there. Wonderful. And then there's also like a list of all of the books that I've written. Yeah. The ones that are coming out. Well, I
1: have thoroughly enjoyed this. I'm doing a workshop next week and I'm working with these women on self-love. So we're going to be doing the Thunderbolt mudra I love that oh That's beautiful oh I love I love mudras. yeah yeah, yeah. and I uh, can't say the Indian name for the life of me the Vajra Pradama mudra but Thunderbolt works for That's me enough. yeah so just for the audience if you're gonna treat yourself to one book on energy healing and techniques and something so simple with just the most beautiful layout of it's it's like a little mini textbook on how to do all this stuff I just can't reckon, recommend it enough energy healing techniques by our wonderful guest today Karen Frazier thank you ladies so much for being on today I have just loved being with you
0: thank you for having me
1: oh bless you girl wonderful thanks again Thanks for listening to Awakening Divine Wildness. Be sure to visit brokenopen-book.com to get a copy of Mal's new best-selling book, Broken Open, embracing heartbreak and betrayal as gateways to unconditional
0: love. And for a limited time, you can get over 40 transformational gifts from Mal's launch partners. Claim all of this goodness at brokenopen-book.com.